Hey heroes, it's T. First of all, I just wanted to say a major thank you to everyone who has joined us over the past year. September 2nd, this Wednesday, is our first anniversary as Moon Harbor Heroes, and we are all so blown away by the love and support you've shown us. From fan art, to stories, to crossovers, to March Maskness as a whole, this has been a hell of a first year. So thank you so much for that. Second, I am beyond excited to share these issues with you. We were going through old Moon Harbor storage uh, from before we rebranded to Moon Harbor Heroes, and we actually found an arc from decades ago that was never released. Probably because of like copyright issues or something, but it features some of our favorite adult heroes from Apex City and Rollout and Moon Harbor as teenagers. And we are so excited that we found it and that we are able to share this exclusive crossover with you. I don't want to talk too long, so without further ado, please enjoy Classics Issue 1, Cretaceous Space Station. Welcome back to Moon Harbor Heroes. Today's issue is Classics Issue 1, Cretaceous Space Station. Our cover, illustrated in the same style as Jack Kirby, features a movie poster for Cretaceous Space Station. There are shadows of two large Tyrannosaurus Rexes in the background. In the foreground, the original Lighthammer, Comic Kid, Hestia, and Windswept stand in a pool of red light. We turn the page and our story begins. Let's talk about our characters. For those who are listening, this is a classics line, so these are not the characters that we all play in our respective lines. These are characters who are adults in our classic line, or in our regular lines, and we are playing them as teenagers. Now, one note, uh, chronologically, some of these adults are like 65 years old in our lines, and some of them are like a fresh 35. We're just gonna comic book bullshit, hand wave this away. They're all teenagers at the same time, because that's how these things work in comics. Let's go ahead and introduce, uh, let's start with Hestia. Awesome. So yes, my name is um, either Lee or Eli. I hail from the Rollout podcast. My pronouns are uh, they, them. I will be playing the role of Hestia. Uh, Very excited about this. Hestia appears in the Rollout main timeline as Diana, who is known as Flashpoint. She is Paige's mentor, but she started out as a villain or a pseudo-villain. So we are starting at the the earlier part of that timeline. Uh, She will be using the delinquent playbook. Excellent. And can you give me just a brief summary of her powers, what she does? Yeah, so I had to cheat a little bit because Diana in the, the main timeline is pyrokinetic. So she has psychic weapons. Um, those weapons are just fire that she makes with her brain. Perfect. Uh, let's go ahead and let's move on to... Let's go to Lighthammer. Yeah, I'm playing Lighthammer now. Haha. I'm Elliot. Uh, my pronouns are she, her. I'm on this podcast a whole bunch. Um, I'm going to be playing the original Lighthammer, who we have seen in his older form a few times. His real name is Charles Gordon, uses he, him pronouns. And I'm going to be using the Gladiator playbook for this, which is a custom playbook written by Brandon Leon Gambetta. For powers, I'm going with he has, like, if we're doing golden era, they probably don't have the cool like technology for sonic powers. So he's just really, really buff and strong. And the light hammer is more of a joke about how it's a super heavy hammer, but it's really light to him. Fantastic. Uh, let's go on to young Tony. 
Yeah, hi. So I'm Christina. I play the Baroness on Apex City, um, Apex City podcast. Uh, tonight, I am playing Tony Rex Dakota, uh, young Tony Rex Dakota, who has the uh, the power to turn into a Tyrannosaurus Rex and nothing else. Um, let's see, Tony's playbook at this point in his timeline is going to be The Bull, uh, which I'm somewhat familiar with. Yeah, Tony is uh, an adult character in our in our podcast, and he has he's also appears in um, Hindsight twenty twenty is currently going on right now. So yeah, that's me. Excellent. Let's jump over to Windswept. Hi, uh, I'm Evan. I'm trying a new thing where I use any pronouns, and I'll be playing uh, Windswept. Windswept and me are both from the Rollout podcast. In the Rollout podcast, Windswept is the mentor of Ian Hannert, the Get Up Noise, and um, sort of the de facto leader of the adult vanguard. She has the power of super speed and is something of an overachiever, uh, really tries to do everything and control everything uh, around her. For this session, uh, I'll be using the Janice playbook. And yeah, oh, Windswept uses she, her pronouns. Need to say that too. Excellent. So last but not least, we have the comic kid with two Ks. Yeah, uh, because spelling is fun. So once again, uh, my name is Rose. I've been a, a, on Moon Harbor uh, a, a couple of times. And I'm playing Jasper or comic kid. Uh, Jasper is a is a hero that you know and love and you can try to guess who they are who he is um he's he's a beacon and he his powers are uh being unseen basically like being in the background oh and also he really likes comics so he he really likes um taking like drawing what his friends are doing he's trying to kind of create his own comic book excellent this is probably your second or third mission as a team as a unit i don't think you're like an official team at this point but you have worked together in the past so you all have decided that the villain that you fought in your first time out uh the villains were the invisible hand who i believe we locked in on is a giant invisible hand puppeted by a uh like millionaire evil corporation kind of human and the trickle-down kid. Uh, is that correct so far, everybody? Is that what we locked in on? Yep, that sounds yes. good. Yep. Phenomenal. And then the other thing we talked about was uh, where it took place. I heard that it took place on a massive pile of, like, gold and money. I don't know where that was, but uh, I... In, like, the vault of a bank, right? I love that idea. It's called the Fortress of Capitalism. That's phenomenal. Uh, in the Fortress of Capitalism... AKA the bank. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Fantastic. And then we did a little bit of like uh, answering some of the one our team questions in chat. We're not going to answer all of the ones that are established. I'm going to ask that uh, you each, um, we can summarize what has already been said. And then tell me one like cool badass moment that you had in the fight. Um, just to, you know, show how you were impressive in that first fight. So uh, I know we talked about lots and lots of destruction. Lighthammer, you had had a whole section about the things that got destroyed. Do you want to talk about that a little bit and then tell us your badass moment? 
Well, do we want to go over to Hestia's first since she had all of the rule breaking since that's what led into mine? <laughs> that's a good idea. Let's go to Hestia's first. Uh, Hestia, you mentioned, uh, or your question would be, um, when we came together, we broke a bunch of rules. What were they? And you had a pretty phenomenal list. Can you read that for us? Yeah, so um, to preface this, I interpreted rules as laws because that's how my brain works. So the rules they broke to win the fight were trespassing, indecent exposure, public intoxication, destruction of public property, grand theft auto, grand theft equine, felony child endangerment, and loitering. With the caveat that the felony child endangerment retroactively applied to the kids on the team who were not yet 18 years old. No children, except for heroes, were harmed in the making of this podcast. (laughs) So my question was... I have so many tabs open. Uh, the team completed a physically impressive feat that caught a lot of eyes. Who did you impress with your might? Um, so for the physically uh, impressive feat, I thought it'd be fun to combine some of those rules that got broken. So the car that was stolen, Lighthammer threw it at, I guess, one of the opponents we were fighting missed, and it broke, I think we said several statues in one go. It's an entire statue garden. Oh, yeah. And obviously, at least one of those was, like, a statue of the, like, secret millionaire who actually controls the Invisible Hand. Because, like, metaphor or whatever. (laughs) But, yeah, Lighthammer threw an entire car. Fantastic. Let's go to young Tony. And we've got, uh, actually, Hestia, let's go back to you for a second. What was, like, one badass moment that you had? So Hestia, Hestia's outfit looks sort of like a, a cross between a Greek god and like a ninja. Um, the two, the uh, two things that she had on that laundry list that I had earlier uh, was a public intoxication and indecent exposure. And what she did was basically just served as a diversion for like one of the guards while they were trying to break in. Uh, so what she did was um, it get kind of buzzed. And then sort of like show off her cans. And when the the guard came over, she just absolutely decked him and knocked him out. Fantastic. Hestia is how old in this example? Hestia is 19. Perfect. So we have a legal adult on the team, which we love. You have the worst legal adult on the team. Valid. Uh, Let's go to uh, young Tony. What was one cool badass moment you had? So I'm going to go ahead and say that I think that Grand Theft Equine definitely applies to me, uh, at least me. Um, And I'm going to say the moment that I'm imagining on the page here is giant T-Rex riding a horse somehow. Uh, Don't know how that plays in, but it happened. Phenomenal. Uh, Let's go to Windswept. Yeah, so my question uh, is, we saved the life of someone important, either to the city or to us. Who was it? So it was the uh, dean of the college that Windswept goes to, Windswept is also 19, um, who was kidnapped by the Invisible Hand in a desperate and misguided attempt to own the libs. Something, something badass that Windswept did in this fight, uh, she ran so fast she created a tornado out of gold. Phenomenal. Windswept, you're a Janice. Can you remind us of your obligations really quick? Sure. So like I said, Windswept is stretched pretty thin in terms of responsibilities. It feels like if Windswept got maybe one more responsibility, the House of Cards would break. But right now, she's doing great with all of her responsibilities. And those responsibilities are, um, uh, she is 
the I don't quite know how college sports work, so we're just going to pretend that it's like high school sports. And um, she is the captain of the junior varsity tennis team. Uh, she is also obviously trying to maintain a 4.0 GPA. And she is the president of her college's freshman class. Fantastic. And last but not least, let's go to Comic Kid. My question is, we found signs that this incident was just the start of something bigger. What were the signs? Uh, Ronald Reagan got elected. No, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> that's not it. Um, but I mean, it could be. Oh my um, God. What I was thinking was that, uh, well, we found signs that there is like a puppeteer to the hand. Um, and the signs were that, like, maybe, you know how, like, before the, cre before the hand, before we defeated it, it regained its agency for a moment and tried to, like, run, but then, like, lost it. So, you know, like, that experience, you can tell when somebody's being mind-controlled in their moment of greatest humanity. Like, we witnessed the hand's moment of greatest humanity. I love that. Also, that's really tragic. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Fantastic. And, and what was one badass moment you had? I think maybe there was a moment where, um, where Jasper was crawling the invisible kid, like, uh, like trying to hide behind something and draw it, and then the invisible or not the invisible kid. Oops. The trickle-down kid, oh god, I'm getting my people mixed up. Uh, and trickle-down kid, like, was running toward uh, Comic Kid, and Comic Kid was, like, drawing him really fast, drawing him really fast, and then, like, just in time, he put down his comic and punched him in the face. Fantastic. I like <laughs> to imagine that he kind of just, like, put his fist out. It wasn't really a punch, like, the kid just ran into it. Oh, yeah, absolutely, because Jasper has not, you know, he doesn't, that's not his, nope. Phenomenal. All right, let's go ahead and skip relationship questions and just go straight to influence. Got it. So my influence goes only to my love and my rival. Um, I'm not entirely sure who those are yet. So if anyone has good suggestions, um, I'm open to hearing them. <laughs> if we want to wait till gameplay to have you assign your love and rival, we can do that. Or, uh, I mean, if we're going like, who's the most badass versus who's the most like, I don't know, in their way. I feel like Hestia and Windswept are a good team for that. Yeah. Um, I don't know which one would be your love, which one would be your rival, but I feel like they'd be a good pair if you wanted to go with an already established pair. I think, I think I'm going to establish Lighthammer as my rival, uh, since we have Excellent. similar uh, playbooks and similar strategies at this point. Um, I'll cool. establish my love later on. We'll see how that goes. Excellent. But yes, as my rival, that gives you influence over me. Cool, cool, cool. Great. Uh, let's go ahead and go to Lighthammer then. We'll follow the train of influence. You respect those who know the warrior's way. Give influence to the two strongest members of your team. Um, so I feel like one of those is Tony, since he can turn into a T-Rex. So that's pretty strong. Yeah. <laughs> um. I think the other person I would consider the strongest would be Hestia. Cool. Hestia can light people on fire with her brain, which isn't physical strength, but certainly speaks to some kind of emotional resilience. 
Also, fire is cool and strong. Fire is cool and strong. <laughs> Excellent. Let's follow that over to Hestia. Why don't you give out your influence for us? All right. You care way more than you let on. Give three teammates influence over you. Uh, so Windswept has influence over her. I am going to say that um, Comic Kid has influence over her. Um, she she likes Comic Kid. She has a, a soft spot for him. She want to protect. And um, Tony Rex, you have you have influence over Diana. Yep. All right. You turn into <laughs> a Tyrannosaurus. That's fucking baller. Yeah. Game recognized game. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Let's go to Windswept next. Okay, uh, so mine reads, You look up to your teammates. They seem to have this superhero thing figured out. Give two of them influence over you. So I will give influence over me to uh, Hestia and uh, Lighthammer. Sweet. Excellent. Then we're going to go to Comic Kid. This is everyone gets it, so... Because, and uh, I'm excited to be here. That's what it says. You are excited to be here. That's why I saved you for last, because I know that everyone gets influence over the weekend. <laughs> just, just happy to be included. So I'm sorry if you were waiting in suspense to know. It's everyone. <laughs> Perfect. All right. So we open on a drive-in movie. Who can tell me what movie we're seeing? Where? What are we watching? This does not have to be a real movie. This can be absolutely made up. It's like, I know... I know this is set way further back, but I kind of want it to be, uh, I guess, our version of Jurassic Park, uh, like crit- crit- <laughs> is it crit- Cretaceous uh, conservation. That's way better than mine so because I was, just gonna su- I was just gonna suggest Gooby. I was just gonna yell the word space and then hope that I thought of a noun to follow space with by the space time- Space conflicts. The- yeah, by the time the word space was out of my mouth. So like- Space barn. I'm into it. Dinosaurs, good times. Cretaceous space station. Ooh. 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 That's, that's really a I lot of, that's a, that's a mouthful. <laughs> but I love it. In space, no one can hear you roar. Yes. We are seeing Cretaceous space station. Tagline, in space, no one can hear you roar. And it is very over the top. It is wild. Let's get a shot of all of you. What are you doing at this? Are you in your own cars? Did you go with someone? Where are you at this point? Uh, let's start with Lighthammer. Um, at a drive-in movie theater. Hmm. I guess. Like, I, I mean, I, I guess we're all in the same car. I'm probably in in like one of the front seats since I need a bit more leg room since I'm pretty tall and boo and like a uh, BV. <laughs> I'm probably just like leaning back and like. Enjoying it, but like occasionally, like looking over at Tony Rex, like, is this is this is this cool? Are you are you like are you cool with the dinosaurs? Is this weird? <laughs> Not saying anything, just looking for the reactions. Is this movie filled with microaggressions? <laughs> like, how are we doing here? Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, they're they're not respecting those dinosaurs nearly enough. Like, they're the villains, for Christ's sake. Cripe's sake. You know, that's that's just, that's not cool. All dinosaurs are like that, man. Fantastic. So then is Tony in the uh, passenger seat? Yeah, yeah, that, that sounds right. I don't, I don't think Tony can, can drive yet at this point. So yeah, I'm passenger seat. Excellent. Uh, who else is in that car? I know we didn't, we didn't all have to go together. So who else is in that car today? 
be in any uh, car. I just think I'm sitting in the middle of a back seat between two people. Well, we don't have that many people, so I'm not <laughs> sure if that's possible, Comic Ken. You could be in the that, front uh, seat. Lighthammer, Lighthammer has the the chair all the way back, and like the seat back as well. So like it's it's like a pseudo recliner for him. It also so could be to... bucket seats. It could be uh, three seats in the front row. That's true. That was a thing. Ooh. Ooh. That's fun. Let's do that. Because I was going to say. And he has a seatbelt on. I, I was going to say Windswept didn't uh, take a car because Windswept can run faster than a car. Um, but Windswept is standing, just standing like in the lot, not in a car, because she really wanted to see this movie, but it's important that she doesn't waste waste time from other responsibilities. So she is like using a tennis racket to bounce a tennis ball up and down with one hand and with her other hand, she is reading uh, a, a textbook while watching Cretaceous Space Station all at the same time. Fantastic. And because I think I know where uh, Diana is, Diana, where are you? Diana didn't actually pay to get into the movie. She is kind of like posted up on like a, a hill by the movie so she can see the screen. She, yeah, she's she's not actually in the drive-in movie, but she's sort of siphoning movie for free. As she's sitting down, um, she takes a flask out from her, her cleavage and takes like a really long pull off of it. Excellent. Are you alone or are you with anyone? She is alone. Perfect. So the movie is going on and... It is very, like, bad 80s effects, uh, bad, like, 70s, 80s horror movie effects, not, like, as beautiful as we see in Star Wars and things of that nature. This is, like, Thanksgiving levels of bad. I know Thanksgiving was not uh, that early, but regardless. Oh, God, aesthetic. Um, these are, like, puppets with, like, jaws and, like, intense eyes, but uh, very little else in terms of, like, actual movability. And yeah, it is over the top and bad, but very enjoyable. You all hear like a kerfuffle over by the food stand, uh, by the ticket booth. Tony is too enwrapped in this movie, right? Enraptured in this movie right now to notice. Uh, he's having the time of his young life right now. Jasper is um, trying to fight the impulse to explain how the special effects happen and occasionally explaining like how they did it. Like, did you know that that's actually a clay model that they used and then they uh, used uh, this type of device to cut off its head? No, no, don't don't ruin it for me, please. I just want to watch it, okay? But it's so cool. They can make... It's like magic. Look, they made a dinosaur on the screen. And then I look at Tony and I'm like, <laughs> well, it's not as cool to you, but like, it's cool. Lighthammer, <laughs> how do you feel about them talking over this entire movie? I think I'm kind of used to it at this point. <laughs> I think I've like also like rolled down the windows just to help get any more of the noise from the movie into my ears. But I'm sure that also like annoys other cars near us by them talking. But that's a those people problem. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, there's at least a few people around in other cars like giving you dirty looks. But also there's a lot of cars where people are just not paying attention to the movie as teenagers are wont to do at a drive-in movie from what I have heard, having never been at one. Windswept. Yeah. Are you paying attention to the movie? How like focused are you? Did you hear the sound? Yeah, the well, so booth? I totally heard the sounds. So what I'm actually going to do 
is uh, Windswept is going to run over to the car where the other three are and go, Hey guys, can I put the tennis racket in the book in the car? Uh, there's like a kerfuffle going on over there by the uh, by the concession stand. I don't know if any of you want to like join me to see what's going on, but I, I think it's important that we figure this out. So if you're not going to join me, just hold on to the tennis racket in the book, please. Lighthammer opens up the driver's side door and gets out. I was like, yeah, toss it in the back. Lighthammer goes and like pops open the trunk and like it's just got the hammer, which is massive. Um, <laughs> and he goes and like picks it up easily. And he's like, there, now there is room for your stuff. Thanks. I'm imagining he puts it on top of the car and we like dent the roof of the car a little bit. No, he's carrying it like over his shoulder. Nonchalantly. Fantastic. Are you all heading to the ticket stand? Begrudgingly, but yes, I'll follow. As we're walking over, I uh, pull out my sketchbook and I draw a picture of windswept as she is standing in the window with like the little waves of speed around her. Fantastic. You all walk up and see this kid. Uh, this kid is probably no older than like 15 uh, working in the ticket booth. He is very clearly not interested in being there. He is tired. And he looks a little panicked as he comes like stumbling out of the ticket booth. The ticket booth for quick lay of the land is a two-story building. People drive past the window. There's like an opening through the middle of it. So like people drive past the window through the building, basically. And then above it is where the movie projects from. And he comes out and he's like, uh, uh, sorry, you can't go in there at the moment. Um, it, it's, it, uh, um, I just, I need to go. I'll be right back. Just uh, don't. And he runs. So the only thing I got about got from that was go in there. So I think we should go in there. He was going up to like the projector area. Yeah, and into that little ticket booth or where that scared guy came out of. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna just go in. Yeah. Yeah, let's go. Have to make sure it's safe. Perfect. Diana, if you want to jump in now, you can. Otherwise, there will be a moment where you will definitely see something happening in just a moment. I promise. Okay, I will. I'll, I'll hang back then. She did notice, but she's too busy finishing off her cigarette to really, like, give a shit. Phenomenal. As you all open the door to the ticket booth, you can see that the door to go upstairs, which you've never seen before, is covered in this, like, massive chain. Like, it is, like, chained shut. And it seems odd that a projection booth would be chained shut. But, you know, it is what it is. I've got this. Don't worry. I would like to rip open the chains. With my bare hands. Go ahead and roll to unleash your powers, Lighthammer. <laughs> okay. What is my freak? That is a one. That's a nine. So you can either mark a condition, or I'll tell you how it's unstable or temporary. Uh, let's do unstable or temporary. Perfect. You rip open the chains, and you do it pretty easily. And then you throw open the door. And standing on the other side of the door, glaring at you, is another kid, uh, probably about your age. Like, exactly your age. Can you describe what Mutagene looks like for me? Ah, oh, geez. He is a, a teenage boy. He's black and he's wearing like a lab coat and he's got like pretty like technologically advanced goggles. Excellent. And he looks at you and he's like, ugh, of course you're here. And his whole thing, because this is pre him becoming Mutagen, Mutagen being the villain we saw in the most recent Lighthammer, or not most recent Lighthammer arc, any recent Lighthammer arc, and the rival of OG Lighthammer, uh, Mutagen like manipulates the genes of animals and also of himself to like make himself like stronger, correct? Yes. He draws his fist back and you see it transform into a kangaroo fist and then it shoots forward and hits you square in the face. Can you take a powerful blow for me? 
Yep. Okay, so that's an 11. Phenomenal. Oof. Nothing like good rolls early in the game. Yeah, with no conditions. Okay. Um. Uh, yes, if you want to defend, you can defend. Yeah, I think Jasper tries to push the kid. Just like jumps forward and is like, ah, don't hurt my heroes. Fantastic. Can you uh, go ahead and roll to defend for me, Colin McKid? Okay, so that's Savior, yeah? Yes, it is. Okay, that's not terrible, actually. That's a seven. Excellent. Uh, so you can choose one off the list. Add a team to the pool, take influence over someone you protect, or clear a condition. Well, uh, I will add a team to the pool. Excellent. And then uh, you can either expose yourself to danger or escalate the situation. I think it makes the most sense that I would be exposing myself to danger by doing that. Yeah, I think just the... like go ahead. No, I mean just by the mere fact that like Lighthammer actually probably could have taken that hit, and Jasper's just like a kid that would definitely put him in danger. Yeah, I think you hit Neutrogene and like knock him off balance, so he falls, and his fist like hits the wall, and just a chunk of like a beam from the door frame just falls and like knocks you on the shoulder. Uh, can you take a powerful blow for me? It's a five. All right. Uh, so tell me how you weather the blow. I think I just uh, quick jump out of the way um, and and then draw a picture of it because that was really cool. Fantastic. Windswept and young Tony, you're still like in the door frame and uh, behind you, you hear the movie change. And as you look over your shoulder, you all see a villain you recognize. This villain is the mobster. Um, the mobster is a villain who's been around for a very long time. He is very, very bulky. He is just a classic, like, he looks like a classic mobster, uh, pinstripe suit kind of look, fedora. But in place of his hands, he has two massive lobster claws. You know that he has been, like, spliced in with a... Uh, lobster jeans or something because he also doesn't age he's been the same age for a very very long time and his voice comes on the screen and he said or his face comes on the screen and you hear him say citizens of halcyon city uh as i didn't mention uh, we were t playing this in halcyon city because uh this is before you all moved to uh new to your respective towns um he says citizens of halcyon city I am the mobster, and I am here. None of you will be leaving tonight. We have a special performance for you. And we're going to cut over to Diana, because Diana, you see that happening. What do you do? Diana is almost done with her cigarette, and she like she's still sitting down. She like is holding it between like her, her two fingers, and she's like, oh, for the love of God. And like gets up, dusts herself off. Are they in civilian clothes, or are they in their, their hero uniforms? I have no idea. You know what? It's not important. It's not important. Diana is in her um her hero outfit because she is supposed to be out like doing petty crimes, and she decided to take a break to watch the movie. So she's she's geared up. So yeah, she uh, she hears the ruckus in the the ticket booth, and it kind of like ignores it because she assumes that these four have got it under control. And then she sees the mobster and and gets up and um just like gently steps over the the rope fence that's sort of fencing off the uh, drive-in theater and um, starts approaching. Excellent. You probably get there just about as uh, Mutagen, er, Mutagen, just as Mutagen, like, straightens up. And he's like, 
God, Lighthammer, you and your team are so annoying. Ugh. Just like, can we just like, can you just like let us have this one, please? Like, I just, this is the first thing that I like planned and I just like don't, I want it to go well, okay? Can you just like do that for me, please? No. Hey, Mutagene, why don't you, why don't you try to plan something productive for once? He looks at you and he's like, ugh, great. The goody two-shoes is here. What are you going to do, throw a textbook at me? I left the textbook in the car. What do you do, Inswept? So I'm going to pick up the chain and I am going to try to run fast and wrap the chain around Mutagene. Excellent. Uh, Go ahead and roll to directly engage a threat to see if you can take his uh, footing from him. Or take his mobility from him. Oh, that's a 12. So uh, I get to choose two, right? Yep. All right. So I am going to create an opportunity for my allies and impress, surprise, or frighten the opposition. Excellent. He looks very surprised because he was just taunting you and all of a sudden he looks down and he's wrapped in chains. He starts to call out, but the chain catches him on the chest and knocks the wind out of him. Uh, Young Tony, you've definitely got a second to react to this. What are you going to do? Well, it seems like this is a chance for me to do what I do best and turn into a Tyrannosaurus Rex. (laughs) So, um, this probably isn't the, uh, the best place to do this because this is a, a, I imagine this is a small enclosed ticket theater. So I imagine when this happens, it's going to cause a significant amount of collateral damage. So I'm going to use this transformation as a way to uh, engage that their threat. Just going to sort of expand and grow really quick, sort of knock him back. <laughs> How tall does Tony get? Uh, I don't know. T-Rex size. That's, that's you know, at least a couple stories, right? <laughs> you know, Jurassic so Park size T-Rex. Yes. So you are at least as tall as this building, if not taller. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> but, you know, it's historically accurate. So feathers and everything. Yes. Oh, I love that. Yes. All right. Thank God. <laughs> All right. Go ahead and roll to directly engage a threat for me. So that is an eight. So then you're going to choose one from the list. So I'm actually going to activate my in a China shop move. So I get to choose an additional one. <laughs> so I'm going to pick two off of that list. I think this is definitely going to impress, surprise, or frighten the opposition. And I think I'm also going to take something from them, which is uh, his opportunity or his uh, ability to warn his teammates. <laughs> Excellent. You see him catch his breath after the chain hit him in the chest. He's about to cry out, but then you grow into a T-Rex. When you do that, what happens to the building that you're growing inside of? <laughs> uh so, in a China shop causes significant collateral damage to wherever I am. So, I imagine that this, uh, the whole thing just sort of explodes outward as I sort of grow through the top and it just sort of crumbles around me. You know, shards are flying everywhere. People are definitely taking notice of what's going on now. Fantastic. And that also does cut the feed of the projector out. Yeah, I imagine it would. It also brings the building down rapidly towards your teammates. Um, Diana, you are the only one not inside this building currently. What are you going to do? Okay, so I just want to theater of the mind this real quick for myself. Do I see the mobster? Like, is he is he physically there or was he just up on the screen? He was just on the screen. There is at least one more person getting knocked out of the rebel on the top floor, though. There's uh, one more shape getting knocked gotcha. out. Hestia sees um, the building start to come down as the feed is cut, and she's just, like, 
staring at this like, oh, Jesus Christ. And she she st- she tucks her cigarette behind her ear. Uh, she she snuffs it out on the, the heel of her boot first. And she books it over towards the uh, the building as this Tyrannosaurus Rex is like emerging out of it like a beautiful phoenix out of the ashes. <laughs> the ashes of a drive-in theater. Fantastic. At this point, everyone is screaming and chaos is ensuing. Uh, cars are all trying to leave, but the only exit is through that archway of the building where uh, the ticket booth was and the projector was, which is now collapsed. So there's no way out of this drive-in theater right now. And as you're running to like get in, the body that got knocked out of the second floor like comes and tumbles and like rolls and catches herself in front of you. And she looks up at you and makes eye contact. And it is Nicoletta, uh, or Hephaesta, who is your girlfriend. Nick? Di, what are you doing here? Uh, I was, I, um, I, I, I just decided to swing by here. I heard that maybe um, the mobster was going to p- try to pull a fast one on us in the, uh, the, the theater. Are you, are you okay here? And she, she offers a hand to her. She takes your hand and pulls you very, very close. And she's like, I'm all right. You're just in time for the fun. And then she turns and starts running back towards the theater. Yeah, yeah. Fun. Sure. Diana takes the, the flask out and like takes another swig of it and, and replaces it and like books it to the, uh, the, the crumbling building. Diana, just as you're arriving, we see the rest of the team, with the exception of young Tony, in the rubble. Uh, can everyone tell me how you're getting out from under this pile of building? Um, Lighthammer literally, like, burst out. Like, we see, like, a pile of rubble and, like, it kind of, like, shaking and then it just explodes like a volcano as he jumps up with the the hammer. Jaspers tries to pick up the rock, but it doesn't... He's, like, squirming very slowly to come out from under the rock. And then eventually he just gives up and uh, starts drawing a picture of Tony. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and and it's like and like in the like little uh, editor's note he writes much better than the special effects <laughs> okay that seals it <laughs> comic kid is now my love comic kid has such powerful flintstones appliance it's a living energy fantastic windswept how are you getting out from under the rubble uh poorly um windswept is Basically doing the exact same thing as Comic Kid, uh, just faster. So, like, wiggling and squirming, but wiggling and squirming very quickly. And then after that fails, pulls, like, another book out of out of a pocket and just starts absentmindedly, like, leafing through it in, instead of drawing. I just want to, like, mirror what's happening with Comic Kid. Also, I will happily go over and lift the rock off of Jasper since he's not getting out of it. I would like, um, if it's possible, for Diana to jump in and and get windswept loose. You know, Tony's trying to move stuff, but his arms are really tiny right now, so... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, um, Hestia, like, stoops down and, like, grabs the the piece of, like, rubble that is on windswept and, like, with a, a clear display of effort, pulls it pulls it off of her and says hey hall monitor what's up <sighs> well look what the cat dragged in i gotta tell you that is just about the worst break dance i've ever seen in my entire life 
please. You know if I was trying to breakdance, I would do it much better than that. And uh, at that moment, you all see Mutagene, who, when the rubble fell, like, he conveniently got the chains knocked off of him. Uh, you see him, like, grabbing an extension cord from the rubble and, like, bringing it over and setting up the projector. And it's, like, now set up, like, on a slight skew, and it's, like, bouncing off a car. But it's still kind of hitting the screen. And the video is resuming, but the original video, not a new video. And not the mobster video, I should say. And as the original video starts again, we see one of the dinosaurs on the screen, like actively turn towards the camera and then step out and step onto the stage. And now there's another dinosaur in the park and people start screaming and going absolutely insane. Moon Harbor Heroes is produced by Anthony Sheets, T.B. Huth, and Elliot Peterson, and edited by Anthony Sheets and Sean Geddes. Anthony can be found on Twitter at IcyNewYear or at IcyNewYear.com. T is a theater artist and educator in the D.C. area. She can be found at Playwright on Twitter or tphuth94 on Instagram. Elliot can be found at ElliotEllen, E-L-L-I-O-T-Y-L-E-N on Twitter. Sean can be found at The Crumpet. T-H-E-C-R-U-M-P-I-T on Twitter. Moon Harbor Heroes is played using Masks A New Generation, written by Brandon Conway and produced by Magpie Games. Our logo was designed by Beautiful Beasties. She can be found on Instagram at beastly.doodles or on Patreon at patreon.com slash beautifulbeasties. The music in this issue was Strength of the Titans by Kevin McLeod. A link to his website and the license will be in the show notes. This issue is GM'd by T. Huth. Young Tony Rex Dakota is played by Christina, also known as the Baroness from Apex City Podcast. Christina may or may not be a cyborg from the future, sent back in time to fight against the rise of late-stage capitalism. Hestia is played by Eli, who can be found on a regular basis at Rollout Podcast, where they play Boom. They can also be reached at at its hamhawks on Twitter, and they are just happy to be here. Windswept was played by Evan G., Evan plays the Get Up Noise on the Rollout Actual Play podcast, which can be found wherever podcasts live. You can also find him at Uncle Petunio on Twitter, or see his work on toughpigs.com, and his occasionally updated blog, The Daily Fantastic. Lighthammer was played by Elliot Peterson. Comic Kid was played by Rose Hahn. Rose is an actor, content creator, and mental health advocate. Her podcast, What Was I Saying? Living with ADHD, can be found on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play Music, or on Twitter at what underscore was I saying. She can be found on Twitter or Instagram at SmileyRosie, S-M-I-L-E-Y-R-O-S-E-Y-Y-Y-Y. Special thanks go to Evan of Rollout Podcast and Jeremy of Apex City Podcast. Apex City is a PG-13 Masks AP about forging your own identity with the help of your friends. It asks questions like, What is the nature of consciousness? Does your history define your future? And what if a dinosaur owned a drive-in theater? You can find them on Twitter at ApexCityCast. Rollout is a weekly actual play featuring the Young Vanguard, a queer as hack masks campaign full of fun, feels, and more gay angst than you can fit in a giant-sized comic issue, as well as one-shot interludes that showcase a variety of casts and systems. You can find them on Twitter at Rollout Podcast. Lighthammer is played using the Gladiator playbook. 
The Gladiator is a playbook written by Brandon Leon Gambetta, who can be found at B. Leon Gambetta on Twitter or at brandonleongambetta.com. If you want to get a hold of us, email us at moonharborheroes at gmail.com or find us on Twitter at moonharborcast. If you enjoyed this issue, please leave us a review on your podcatcher of choice or tell a friend. Five-star reviews and word of mouth are really the best way for us to keep bringing these stories to more people. If you'd like to support us financially, check us out at patreon.com slash moonharborheroes. Supporting us there will give you access to bonus issues each month. And thank you for helping us save the world. We'll see you next issue.